When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi there, and welcome to Scout the Game Week. Scout the Game Week is Fantasy Football Scout's weekly podcast, brought to you by the Scout Network. In each episode, we'll look back at the game week we have just played to assess what we can learn to help us in the next round of fixtures. I'm Ryan from Football Chatbox. Let's Scout the Game Week. Game Week 36 is still not over, with one more game to go between Newcastle and Brighton, but we are here to discuss the final double game week of the season. Game Week 37 is fast approaching, and to discuss it, I'm joined by Anthony, aka FPL Dimmer on Twitter. How are you doing, mate? Yeah, I'm going very well, Ryan. Um, it's been a long fantasy Premier League season, but uh, yeah, only the two weeks to go. But thanks for, have, thanks for having me on the show. Super excited to get into scouting the game week ahead. Nice. Uh, so you've been having a pretty good season so far and currently ranked in the top 2.5k in the world. Before we get into the upcoming game week, I would like to ask you, how did you get into FPL? Yeah, so despite living in Melbourne, Australia, I've always been a huge Premier League fan and used to watch the uh, Monday highlight show every week when I was a kid. My father had me supporting Manchester United from a very young age and I haven't looked back since. Uh, I've been playing Fantasy Premier League for about 20 years. However, I've only began playing the um, official Premier League game for the last 12 years. And... In all seasons, except the previous two, I was only playing in my mini leagues with the head-to-head format. Mm. Um, So I was never focused on my overall rank. Some seasons I actually used to triple captain single game week players because I just wanted to win my mini league um, and I was very much focused on that. So only really the last two seasons have I been focusing on the overall rank. And, you know, I seem to be having a good season this season. Um, one of my previous years, I did finish about 2,200th as well, mm. which, you know, I didn't even know that until at the very end of the season because I would never monitor it. But, um, yeah, having a having a good season at the moment. So I think, though, the strategy's changed for me ever since I've moved from that sort of uh, head-to-head mindset to the overall rank mindset. The strategy has well and truly changed. Mm. Personally speaking, I recently got married to my wife, Melissa, and we have booked our honeymoon in July to go to the Greek islands. And that just so happens to coincide with the Premier League break, which she doesn't know that's the reason we booked that day. Fair enough. I mean, that's fine. As long as she's going to enjoy the holiday, that's completely fine. <laughs> exactly. Um, okay, so let's get straight into it. <clears throat> let's talk about the upcoming double. Let's start with Manchester City. So Champions League semi-final just finished. What did you think about it? Well, as a United supporter, it hurts me to say that they look simply awesome overnight and are now well and truly on track for the treble, Mm. a feat that was last achieved by our boys back in 1999. You know, to to make Real Madrid overnight look second rate is pretty scary. Mm. And, you know, I can see this form following through to the final three weeks of the Premier League season and then obviously the two cup finals that they do have ahead of them. What about yourself, Ryan? It was a very one-sided game. I watched, watching that semi-final, I was like, I don't know if Real Madrid just didn't come prepared or they just never turned up. I think that was part of it. But that first half, 
especially like uh, before City went 2-0 up, they were pressing Real Madrid. They were all over them. And I was like, this is just not going to end well. And we've seen what City are capable of. We saw a couple of players. We saw Alvarez come on, score with his first touch, I think, as well. So the the depth that this team has is incredible. Now, obviously, from a double game with 37 point of view, they need to win only one game for the title. So that will also come into play in terms of rotation. We'll be talking about it. But yeah, I mean, you want a piece of the pie, but you just don't know which one to get. <laughs> basically. <Spot on. laughs> yeah. So let's move into it. City now need potentially one more game uh, to win the league unless Arsenal loses to Forest before that. And then City will go into the Champions League game. Sorry, into Chelsea game as champions. For me, at least, this has meant that the second game against Brighton might see some rotation. But what do you think? Yeah, I don't, I don't buy into the full rotation in regards to Manchester City at the moment. I think with the form that they're in, Pep wouldn't want to mess with that form. Um, you know, I guess in previous seasons, they might not have had to look forward to a final in mm. the Champions League. So form might not have meant as much because the league was already sort of sewn up. So I think that they're going to want to keep their form. Pep runs a very, very tight ship. And while I think there will be some rotation, when is there not ever any sort yeah. of rotation with any team that Pep's ever managed? So, look, probably I think any Man City asset can be rotated, except probably Haaland, I think. Mm. You know, he's only 22 years old. He seemed to have been playing a lot of 90-minute games recent times. I think he played overnight. I think got subbed off in the last minute or two. So, you know, he still, he still played most of the game. Even somebody like an Edison isn't safe at the moment, I think, mm. if the title's wrapped up. Mm. Um, look, I have uh, Grealish, and I'm pretty happy to retain him. He's probably not the one that I would want this week, but mm. I just can't sort of justify making a sideways move. With Rashford seen in training yesterday and the midfield spots being pretty crucial with the likes of Salah and the boys from Brighton, I don't think I'll be moving to a city asset, but I can see there's a huge upside for him. Um, so what about yourself, Rowan? So that I still have a spot open for a City player. Unfortunately, I went and got Ake and then he got injured. So I'm stuck with Ake and I don't know what to do with him. Uh, I'll probably still play him because I think he might be just close to fitness. And I don't mind taking even one game from him if that's going to be the case. But Gundogan or Mares seem like very interesting picks. Now, Mares obviously didn't play. Uh, the Champions League game against Real Madrid didn't start. But Gundogan did play. And we've seen Gundogan, he seems to have picked up some form in the last two games. And for me, he's one of those players who generally can go on a purple patch and can tend to do well. But he's not always like, he's not consistent throughout the season. He's just only in those patches. And it seems like he's on one of those patches again. Now, would you go for him or would you go for Mares? Where do you lie on that? Or even Foden? Yeah, so I think someone like a Gundogan, what was it, three or four years ago, he was in that run of form and everyone seemed to want to buy him and everyone mm -hmm. brought him in. So he's in a similar form um, bracket at the moment. I think the Manchester City midfielders or the Manchester City assets that we're probably looking at this week, if you are looking you know, to take a risk and chase that rank, are... Uh, Gundogan, Mahrez, Foden, KDB, and uh, Julian Alvarez. But 
you know, Pep's got so many options. It's very hard to know which one of those five should I be bringing into my fantasy Premier League team. Look, if I had to pick one, I'd probably pick Mares. Mm. Um, he has returned in his last four games. I think he played about 15 or 20 minutes overnight. So he's still very fresh. Um, while uh, Gundogan has had the high returns in the recent weeks, um, it looks like he's probably going to leave at the end of the season. Mm. So, you know, maybe then does Pep look to some of the others to steer the ship from now until the end of the year? Um, but, you know, someone like Mahrez is probably ready now to pop. He's mm. he's actually had a return in his last four Premier League games while, you know, sixes and sevens type yeah. scores. But I think that he'll get, um, you know, 150, 140 minutes yeah. over the double and... Manchester City can score goals, as we know, and he's usually there or thereabouts. Yep. So if it was up to me and I was taking a punt on one Manchester City asset to add to my team, it would probably be Mares. Yeah, fair enough, fair enough. I think for me, it's one of the midfield spots. Um, that's where I'm, I still haven't decided. Probably will probably lean towards Mares, but still keeping my options open. It will also depend on, I think, price tag as well. There are a few options. I think they're all very similar in terms of price. But it will have to depend on uh, press conference news as well. Now, apart from that, who do you think will be great options for City Manager's target? Are they the same type of players or anyone else different? Yeah, as in Manchester City? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, look, I think that if you were looking to take that risk, Mahrez Foden, again, he's at a very, very similar price. Uh, Kevin De Bruyne looks like he's going to be managed. He was the first player yeah. subbed overnight when they are up, I think, 3-0. So, um, you know, at his price point, there were some that were talking about, oh, maybe I'll go Salah down to him. But I just don't think he's worth the risk. In fact, yeah. he probably won't play more than the 90 minutes anyway. So you probably just should stick with Salah. But if I was going to go a Manchester City player, as I said, I'd probably go Mares, yeah. And then my second choice would probably be Julian Alvarez. Um, I think they're the two that I'd go. Yeah. Foden's got huge upside and, you know, Foden can haul, yeah. <laughs> but I'm just not sure. He seems to have fallen out of favour with Pep after having a really, really good start to the year. Yeah, true. There was a patch that Foden went on where he was just scoring, 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 and then got injured, unfortunately, and then again, doesn't seem to have got back into that uh, in favour with Pep in terms of the starting lineup. So, like, I do agree, because he can haul whenever he's on the pitch. He has that quality. It's just that the minutes are a bit of a problem. All right, let's move over to Manchester United. Now, they need to win two more games out of the remaining three to secure top four. But we've seen pictures of uh, Rashford back in training, but still there's a bit of a doubt over his fitness. And until we get press conference news, we won't be able to know for certain if he's out or not. So let's consider a couple options. If Rashford is out, who would you move him for? Well, as a Man United supporter, I've got my fingers crossed he's past fit for this week. Um, the fact that he trained yesterday, as you said, is pretty um, encouraging, but we'll, we will need to hear the information coming out of the press conference. Um, as most fantasy Premier League players have stacked all of our benches, um, you know, following using the bench boost, which most used in game week 29, I think that if Rashford was out, starting a Newcastle attacker is, is a pretty good option. And then, or starting someone like a Trippier in defence. Mm -hmm. um, if he's a 50-50 Rashford, I'd probably start him on the bench. Um, and obviously, if he is ruled out, I'd be starting one of the Newcastle attackers. If I had a luxury transfer up my sleeve and I could afford him, I'd be going straight to Bruno Fernandes. Mm. He's uh, created 10 
big chances in his last six games. And look, as a non-owner, I haven't been unfortunate to own him because he just seems to dodge points. I don't know yeah. how he hasn't had a few a few more hauls this year, especially in the last probably six or seven weeks. Um, you know, as a Man United supporter, this has um, upset me, but it made me feel good inside being a non-owner in fantasy. Geez, it's a strange game, this fantasy <laughs> Premier League, Ryan. Um, the other option, the midfield slot, is probably Anthony. Now, he's been very lively in the past few game weeks. If the left-hand goalpost was a metre wider, he would have Haaland-like figures. He seems to just put the ball just wide of that left-hand goalpost at least two, three times a game. Loves a shot and is very selfish when he's in the box, which is exactly what you want in a fantasy Premier League asset. There's also Martial up front, although with his history Fitness, of injuries, that yeah. would make it a very difficult decision. What about yourself? So for me, I think if Rashford is 50-50 or anything better, I'd start him. Um, if he's out, then yeah, I'd probably bench him for, let's say, a Callum Wilson or an Isaac, depending on who I want to bench or even... Potentially, if, for example, if the injury is worse, then we, we assume most likely not the case because it seems like he's back on training. So probably at the moment, if he's not fit for the game week, I'll probably bench him um, and play one of the Newcastle attackers because that game against Leicester isn't a bad game as well, to be honest. And we'll get to that game as well, but it looks like a really good option. But apart from um, Rashford... If you we've mentioned about Bruno Fernandes, is he probably the option to go for if players were looking to try and gain some rank? Yeah, so he's he's the one player that I am fearful of. So you know, I'm trying to protect my rank of um, at the moment of about two and a half thousand. But yeah, he's the one player that I am very fearful of. I think I'm going to have to hide behind the sofa during during the next uh, two fixtures for Manchester United. He's at a price point where I just can't quite get to mm. him, but I've also already got three from Manchester United. Yeah. So if I want to bring Bruno in, I'm going to have to do it for a hit because yeah. I've only got the one transfer this week. Um, yeah, he's he would be the one that I'd be looking at. And if you were chasing, he would be a shout to put the uh, captain's armband mm, on. Mm, fair enough. Yes. Okay, so we will get to captaincy as well. But yeah, pretty good shout. Okay, so now that's United. Let's talk about Brighton. So majority have triple Brighton, but there might be a few managers like myself who still only have double Brighton and have a chance to go, f- if needed, go for a punt that could deliver for Brighton's next three fixtures. Now, if you had double Newcastle strikers alongside Haaland, would you keep your double strikers against Leicester or would you sell one for NCC or Ferguson? Assuming, let's say, for some reason, we've talked about like Wilson potentially not being fit or something. If, say, Wilson is out, then sell him for maybe a Ferguson or an NCCU? I think your Brighton assets, I think it really does come down to whether you're chasing rank or mm. whether you're defending rank. Um, like yourself, I only at the moment have two from Brighton, mm. um, but this is the area that I want to rectify this week. Um, I already own Matoma and um, Stupinan, mm, and subject to what happens in the game tomorrow against Newcastle, I'll be looking to bring in McAllister to defend my rank. So mm. he's he's a player who's hurt me in the past two weeks, especially the 96-minute penalty against Manchester United. Um, that one really hurt because I had uh, De Gea and Shaw. Um, so, you know, for me, he's probably a little bit of a no-brainer. If I was chasing rank, 
someone like a Ferguson up front is a really good shout. You know, he he does have uh, competition for his spot with Welbeck and um, Undav, mm. but I think his first choice if he's fit. Um, and Cisco has lit up the Premier League in recent weeks. However, I think he might have a little niggle at the moment. So it's going to be one that we'll have to monitor tonight during the game and then let's uh, wait for Saturday's press conference to see whether or not he's, you know, still fit or not to be able to at least play, you know, 130, 140 minutes of the actual double. The other options at Brighton is probably Pascal Gross, Lewis Dunk. And if you've got a headache uh, in between the sticks with someone like a Kepa, you might look at someone like Steele then for this week, especially at his price point of, I think he's about $4 million, so yep. very cheap. Just on the Newcastle forwards that you were mentioning, I am extremely bullish on them this week. Leicester have conceded 15 goals in their last six games, and I think th- this will be a shootout. Mm. Both teams have got so much to play for. Newcastle are pl- uh, playing for top four. Mm. Leicester are playing and fighting for survival. So I think this game will be played like a cup final. Both teams are just going to go for it. We should see plenty of goals, and that only bodes well for the two strikers from Newcastle. The only thing worth mentioning, as you just did mention, Wilson wasn't spotted in training um, yesterday. So we'll see what the lineup looks like tonight versus Brighton and have to make a call after that. Yep, yep, fair enough. Okay, now moving from Brighton, Finally, Chelsea. Now, they have the hardest double out of the four teams. Let's start with Kepa. For managers with a Kepa-Rea combination, what should they do? Start Kepa or Rea or go for another keeper for a hit? Okay, so first of all, I am off Chelsea in a big way. <laughs> I wouldn't be going near Chelsea, even though they play twice. They seem to be a uh, disjointed club at the moment, and clearly there are issues in the dressing room. We need to hear what Lampard says about uh, Kepa, but they already had a frosty relationship mm. uh, during Lampard's first time at the club. So I'm pretty sceptical that he will get the nod over Mendy, even though Mendy probably didn't uh, shower himself in glory last week with a couple of mistakes. Brentford have Spurs away this week, so I can see some save points coming the way of Raya. So at this stage of the season, with only two games left, I wouldn't be taking a hit for a goalkeeper. So I'd just probably just start him. I would probably just start Raya. If he scores three points, then whoever someone would be looking to bring in, they would need to score seven points to break Mm. even. Um, But if you were set on a new keeper, maybe De Gea, Mm. looking at their fixtures, playing twice, he might be one to look for. Um, So... Yeah, that's that's probably the way that I'd be thinking as far as the Kepa versus Raya conundrum. The other part about, you know, using a transfer on a goalkeeper at this time of year, the ceiling on them isn't high. Mm. And, you know, I'm sure that there's a fire to put out in most people's teams this week. So it might be better using that uh, transfer somewhere else, maybe especially in that sort of midfield bracket. Yeah, fair enough. I agree. I think the upside isn't there as much. For me personally, I'm still undecided on start Kepa or Rea. I'm wondering whether I should risk starting Kepa, see whether he gets both games. And if he doesn't, then Rea comes off the bench for me, most likely. That is what I'm currently thinking about. But obviously, press conferences could potentially change that. Because I just think that the chances of even Brentford keeping a clean sheet against Spurs seem to be low just because Harry Kane just somehow finds a way. Um, and he's been doing that for this season like completely every week he just continues to score to score to score um, and obviously we don't talk about him too much but I think with this potentially 
been Spurs' last home game and also maybe Harry Kane's last game as well. He could score there. So then I'm looking at Kepa, I'm I'm looking at Ray and I'm like probably hoping for save points only. Yeah, he's had a phenomenal season, Harry Kane. And, you know, you probably wouldn't want to back um, against him, that's for sure. He scored in 24 games this mm. year, which is which is a serious feat. And, you know, I think that if there was no Haaland playing this season for Manchester City, Harry Kane would be in everyone's team yep. and he would just be a set and forget. Yeah, fair enough. I agree. Uh, okay, so... That's the situation with goalkeepers. I don't think we're going to even touch about maybe Chelsea's outfield players because fixture doesn't look great. I guess if you wanted a really good punt, I mean, you wanted an extreme punt, it'd probably be Sterling. Yeah, look, Sterling scored twice last week, but the way they played didn't um, excite me too much. Mm. You know, we still don't even know whether or not he's even going to start in both games. Yeah. There's just so much uncertainty with Chelsea. And, you know, they are one of those teams, as we say, that are on the beach. Um, so, you know, Chelsea, Brentford, Wolves, Bournemouth, West Ham, Southampton, Fulham, and to a lesser extent, maybe Palace. They're all teams that are currently sitting on the beach, as we say. So, you know, all those teams, they would need to have a super asset for us to even, you know, yeah. entertain bringing one of them in. Yeah, fair enough. Okay, let's talk about some single gaming fixtures. We touched on Newcastle before, but I want to talk about Trippier. Would you keep Trippier for the next two fixtures or would you, let's say, move him out for City or United Defender be worth it? I think if you've got Trent, Shaw and a Stupinan, then Trippier may be surplus to your requirements. I think the way that the points have been scored in recent weeks, it's all about the midfielders and the forwards, which means you've only got three slots down back. And looking at the remaining fixtures... I think, yeah, Trent Shaw and um, the stupid end are the three that I want to roll with. At the moment, I've got Trippier sitting sitting on my bench. Mm. Um, so, you know, he can be used as a uh, cash cow as well to free up some funds elsewhere. So if someone's got two free transfers this week, you might move him to a 4.0 defender and then you might use those funds to get to a Bruno Fernandes or someone else um, if you're wanting to take a risk this week somewhere else. Look, if we're purely talking, you know, City and United this week, who have probably got the best fixtures, I'd probably select in order Shaw, Diaz, Stones, Lindelof, mm. and to a lesser extent, maybe a Varane. Mm. Um, Diego Dello's got huge upside, but just his minutes at the moment. Yeah, not, it's a risk. Not sure about his minutes. So at this stage, Tripper is likely to come, uh, he's likely to be on my bench for the last two weeks. I don't think I'm going to use a transfer to transfer him out because I'm pretty set on my three at the back. Yeah. But if you know, but if you don't have one of you know Shaw, Stupinan, or Trent, and you're able to move Trippier to them, I would actually do it. Okay, fair enough. You wouldn't consider maybe starting uh, Trippier over any of them. It's just like there's just so much upside from let's say a Shaw or Trent or even a Stupinan that it's probably better moving them out. Uh. Game week 37, I would be starting yeah. the three that I mentioned. Yeah. Um, Trippier's got a great fixture this week yeah, in Leicester, but I can see both teams scoring. Yeah. And that's okay. why, yeah. like, Trippier for me, because I've got the two boys up front uh, from Newcastle, I'd have him ranked third out of those three, yeah. purely because I can just see that game being a 3-1, a 4-1 type game. Yeah. Okay. Cool. 
Fair enough. Let's go to Liverpool. Managers have the likes of Salah or Trent. Some might be looking to move these players out to try and get in, like, say, a Bruno Fernandes or even a KDB, although I probably wouldn't go there now after watching the Real Madrid game, uh, or even a double game big defender. Is the move worth it? Well, firstly, Liverpool appear to be back. Mm. They've probably left their run a little late, which is good for yourself and myself being Manchester United supporters. I just wish that they'd just stumble once at least instead of keep on winning all these games and putting you know, all this uh, pressure on us. But look, in the form they're in, Trent and Salah are likely to outscore most of the double yep. game week players. You know, what we saw that they scored 13 and 12 points respectively versus Leicester. Salah probably should have scored 20 mm. because he had that sitter that he missed towards the end. And if he had scored that, he would have also featured in the uh, bonus points as mm. well. So um, they'll be both part of the high ownership uh, template this week because I think most teams this week will have or they'll try to get to Triple City, Triple United, Triple Brighton, Salah and Trent. Mm. I think that's the template this week. If uh, Kevin De Bruyne was nailed to start both games, I think a very popular sideways move would be Salah to him. Mm. But he's just too much of a minutes risk at the moment. Salah has Southampton as well in the last game of the season. And therefore, Southampton wouldn't, won't have anything to play for. Yep. He could be a shout to put the armband on. Yeah. So that's why I don't want to spend a transfer, you know, taking Salah out and yep. then maybe looking to bring him back in again. Yeah. Um, so I just wouldn't move out Salah to pretty much anyone at the moment. As we said before, Bruno Fernandes is one that he's obviously playing twice this week. I would love to get to him, but I just don't want to sacrifice Salah to get to Bruno. Yeah. Um, so that's the way that I'm thinking this week. Yep. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, I think that I agree with that, to be honest. I think Salah and Trent are like must have for the, now till the end of the season if you have them. If I don't have Trent, and unfortunately I can't go to Trent, uh, but I'm happy to. That's one player. I am going against, but sometimes if you're chasing, you kind of have to go against a few small, like high EO players to try and gain some rank and hope that it works out for you. So yeah, I think if you have them, you keep them and play them, to be honest. But if you don't have them, I would probably look to get Salah first uh, over Trent. And then if you can get Trent in the final game week in 38, I don't mind that as well, to be honest. Um, yeah. Okay. No, sorry. No. Yeah. No, that's that's basic. That's what I wanted to say. Yeah. Uh, okay, so two more game weeks to go. People are probably looking for punts to climb rank. Do you have any players on your radar that you like as differentials? Okay, so again, I should say that I'm in the position at the moment where I'm trying to defend rank. Mm. But if I was looking to chase, as mm. I was last year, um, the players that come to mind is probably... Uh, Allison from yep. Liverpool. He's been flying under the radar, actually, the last few weeks. Um, he scored 24 points in total in his last three weeks. So, you know, very good output for a uh, goalkeeper. With the news coming through that uh, Martinelli looks like he's out for this, the rest of the season, I think uh, Martin Odegaard and Saka could be a shout. But you just got to wonder on the sort of mental toll at the moment and the way that things are. They're at Arsenal. Last year, they were in a really good position to finish top four and they seemed to fall apart. This year, they're in a position to win the league and the same thing happened. So mm. they're 
if you're feeling like you want to take a bit of a risk, they're probably two that you could look at. We already spoke about Harry Kane, you know, who can score against pretty much anybody. Just wondering what his ceiling is, though. He's usually scoring between that six to nine point mark. And he's also, you know, very, very pricey. So he's one as well. If you're feeling extremely risky, Mitrovic last week scored when he only, I think he played the last 20 minutes again. And yeah, he scored. He's got uh, Crystal Palace at home this week. But again, he's only playing once in this game week. And then, you know, of the teams fighting for survival, probably the players that you could look to potentially punt on, Madison Barnes, Dwight McNeil, um, Gibbs White, Danilo and Rodrigo are worth Mm. a mention. However, I don't think that I'd be going anywhere near any of them except maybe Dwight McNeil. But you might want to hold off on that until the last week of the season. Yeah, Um, He scored 21 points two weeks ago. And the two fixtures remaining that he has are against two teams that are both, as we say, on the beach. So Mm. he's one that potentially we could look at, but just not sure you'd look to do it this week. Yeah, fair enough. All right, cool. And then finally, captaincy. Who are you looking to give the armband to? Okay, so in my current position, I won't be taking any risks. I am going to go for Erling Haaland. (laughs) Um, You know, I'm currently sitting 12 points inside the top 5,000. And that's where I want to stay. Yeah. And if I don't put the armband on Harland, I could fall very much outside of that 5,000 very, very quickly. So I think, yeah, Harland's the obvious choice. Um, I said earlier that I think he's the most nailed City player. Yeah. And even if they had the league sewn up, I still think that because he's chasing all of the uh, individual accolades, I don't see him getting benched. Mm. Um, you know, he might maybe come off at 60 minutes, but 60 minutes from him is quite often better than 90 minutes from somebody else, as we've seen this year. I'm expecting his ownership to be at about 200% this mm. week or very, very close to. Um, so I won't be betting against him. However, if I was chasing rank, in my opinion, the best alternative captains in order would be Rashford if he's fit, which could be very much out of left field considering... I think it was over 300,000 managers this mm. week have already sold him. Um, then I'd go Mares actually, as a bit mm. of a punt. As I said before, I think he's ready to pop. Bruno Fernandes, he's he's also a very good shout in regards to captaincy. And then probably McAllister or Matoma from Brighton, especially if Manchester City have already signed the league up by the second game week, um, mm. by the second game of the week. You know, you would hope or you'd think that they might play with a bit more freedom which might mean that, you know, Brighton score and then from there maybe those two guys can get in the points. The other shout, if you're feeling extremely punty, is uh, Gundogan. Mm. He's in he's in that form that he was in three or four years ago where we all were scrambling to try to get him into the team. So he's, he's another one that you could look at. Brighton have got a busy schedule at the moment, so they're a significant minutes risk. So if you're selecting a captain based on minutes, I think Bruno is about as nailed as anyone can get. Yeah, fair enough. I do agree. I think differential-wise, he is probably one of the best options <clears throat> just because of minutes and everything uh, and on penalties as well, if they do get a penalty. Um, but I think Haaland's still probably the best option for the moment. Uh, again, it'll depend on each person's rank. And I think if you are chasing significantly, I don't see any harm in going against Harlan, to be honest, because there isn't much time left to like uh, gain 
like massive rises as well. So it is probably so, one. Yeah, go ahead. So in your position, Ryan, are yeah. you at the moment on someone so, like a Harland, or are you going to look to take a risk? So currently, now this this could change after the Newcastle versus Brighton game because I have my armband on Wilson and he is differential for the moment already. So this could go, it could go well, it could go bad depending on how Isaac does and how Wilson does uh, in the Brighton game. So the answer could change. But for the moment, I'm 20 points behind uh, top 100k. Um, now, do I need to captain someone else to maybe try and close that gap? In I don't know if I need to. Probably my other players could probably close the gap, like Bruno Fernandes could potentially slightly close the gap if he does well. Then there are a few others. Maybe even starting the Newcastle strikers in 37 could potentially close that gap as well. If it does increase, let's say Wilson doesn't start, Isaac does well, scores huge, then I might look to uh, be differential. And then I might think about uh, Bruno Fernandes in that specific situation because the gap might widen between me and top 100k. And also the gap between me and maybe the people I'm chasing in mini leagues um, could also probably increase. So that's where I'm, it'll depend on what happens in the bright because I think that game will tell where how risky I'm willing to go basically. Yeah, I think we will find out a lot um, during that game tomorrow. Yeah. Most of us have got, you know, either five or six players playing that game. Wilson's under a little bit of an injury cloud, mm. just uh, uh, according to the rumours overnight. So once we've got all that information, we can just process it and then, yeah, put it towards trying to make sure that we nail the right uh, skipper this week. Yeah, fair enough. That's right. So I feel like it depends on everyone's rank and where they're at. For me... If, if I'm way too outside the top 100k, I feel like any other rank I get from outside the top 100k, I don't really matter. It doesn't matter to me too much. So I'm willing to risk it at that specific situation. But if I'm very close to the top 100k, then I would probably be a bit more safer and try and find my differentials elsewhere. That is not from the armament. Yeah. Cool. All right. Uh, before we end, we do have some community questions. Uh, so let me just get them up. Um, first one is from uh, Michael Zikon. Uh, and it says, congrats on being uh, top 2.5k, decent effort. Which single game week players do you expect to outperform the double game week players this week? Okay, so I think we mentioned it before, but I think Salah and Trent mm. are the single game week players that I'd be looking to start. Yeah. And as well as before, I think there'll be goals in the Newcastle-Leicester game. Mm. So Isak and Wilson, yeah. I think... You know, outside of those four, there's probably no others that you'd choose to start if you were, say, on a free hit. So, you know, I think most teams, if you were on a free hit, you'd have the three from United, three yeah. from City, three from Brighton. So there's only the two spots available. Trent Salah, but then you've also got the two guys up front uh, from Newcastle. Yep, yep, fair enough. I think it's those four probably, most likely. Um, then the next one is from Jamie FPL Cantona. If you were to trade Trippier or Kepa slash Rea out, who would you prioritize and who would you bring in? Well, I think it's team dependent. Um, if you were looking to trade out Kepa and you had a spot for a Manchester United player, I'd go to Haya. Uh, if you didn't have a Man United spot but you had a Brighton spot, I'd probably go Steele. Um, and then if you didn't have slots for those teams, I think I'd just probably hold on to Raya, Yeah, to be quite honest. That. Um, as far as Trippier goes, again, I said it before, but I think you need to get try to get towards Trent, 
uh, Shaw and um, Estupanan. Mm-hmm. They're the three that I, I want to have for the remaining fixtures. Luke Shaw, since he's moved again to the left, looked uh, very lively out mm-hmm. on that left wing. I think he's a completely different player when he plays on the wing as opposed to centre-back. So if you don't have Luke Shaw, try to get to him. Um, Manchester City's defence is a bit of a raffle. I, I don't, you know, other than maybe someone like a Diaz, I don't know if any of them are actually nailed to play the full 180 minutes during the next game week. The other thing that you could do with Trippier, if your team is in a really good shape and you've got the two free transfers this week, you might just look to trade him or someone else in your team that you that you won't start this week for a very cheap asset. Yeah. And then that means that in 38, then you're ready to make a move for a player that might be a little bit more expensive than what you can afford. But yeah, it's a little bit hard to answer that without knowing all of the fires that are in your team. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it... Um, with only the two free transfers left for the remaining for, for the remainder of the season, which is what most of us have, some have three. Um, you know, you wouldn't want to be spending that on a goalkeeper with a relatively low ceiling. Yeah, fair enough. I agree. Um, cool. So that is basically all we have. Um, before we end, I should plug that we did a video in terms of Premier League's chasing. Uh, and attacking so that will be on youtube youtube.com slash football chat box for anyone who wants to check make sure to go check that out because that will probably help you in terms of trying to understand what to do in certain situations whether you're chasing your mini league or whether you're defending your mini league we've kind of covered that over there but anything else thank you for your time today uh, anthony do you have anything to plug Thanks, Ryan. Um, I really appreciate the invitation to appear on Scout the Game Week this week. I've been listening to Fantasy Football Scout, which has um, become a part of my normal week now for probably a little bit over a year, which has been great. Um, For the viewers and listeners, if you'd like to interact further and keep in touch, my Twitter handle, as mentioned before, is FPLDimmer, all one word, Dimmer spelled D-I-M-M-E-R. And I do make a point of trying to respond to everyone. Um, So looking forward to... uh, interacting with everyone on Twitter. Awesome. Well, his handle will be in the description as well. So thank you all for watching. Um, we will be back um, during Double Game Week 37 to discuss the final game week of the 